Welcome to Worth Reading Wednesdays here at the Columbus Lounge Public Library System. This is a podcast hosted by CLPLS librarians about books we're reading and recommending and anything else that has caught our attention. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. How are you? OMG. I had a cup of coffee this morning, but for whatever reason, it has not kicked in. Oh, no. Probably because it was weak, because I, I can't take strong coffee. It really makes my heart beat super fast um, if I've got too much of the caffeine. But this one this morning, I guess I, I popped in the wrong K-cup, because I'm not all the way awake just oh, yet. Oh, no. I'm not either. I'm just like, yeah, good morning. Um, <laughs> we'll get through it, though. You all who drink coffee or need that nice little bit of caffeination in the morning you know how it feels when um when you're not all the way awake yeah that dirty bean juice man (laughs) dirty bean juice I've never heard it called that (laughs) um well I this is the Starbucks caramel k-cups oh okay but the cinnamon dolce Mm -hmm. k-cups that come out around fall like they'll put out the cinnamon dolce flavored coffee in grounds and k-cups and when i tell you that's the first coffee i've ever drank black really because it was so delicious like without anything in it really and you know who turned me on to that who christy burks ah, christy oh. shout out to you <laughs> wow you. i know um so yeah i was just like let me go see about this because <laughs> she was like oh, i just drink this one black honey you know like, <laughs> what is that about yeah um, okay Christy coming through with the good recommendations. Yeah, so I've been on that train for about a year, and this one's the caramel one, like I said. Oh, okay. But caramel's not bad with some, yeah, with some help, you know. Um, well, so. I have a confession to make. Hmm. I tasted my first pumpkin spice drink. Period. Really? About a week ago, I went to McDonald's. I was fiending for some hot cakes, mm-hmm. and I was I saw this pumpkin spice latte and I was like I think I'm gonna try it mm. and I tried it and it was a nice little medium cup because you know their mediums are almost look like a small but right. that's neither here nor there okay but it was so good like when I finished the cup I was like I want more <sighs> I should have got a large that's how I felt but that was my first taste of a pumpkin spice anything because I'm just not a coffee drinker mm-hmm. I'm a juice drinker mm-hmm. I'm not even a soda drinker I'm just I love juice mm-hmm. um and shout out to my son when he was a baby and I'd say Xavier do you want some juice he'd go juice yes. <laughs> so cute but anywho that that was my confession of today that is that pumpkin spice I tasted it for the first time okay so I like eight o'clock coffee I don't know if you've ever had that brand yeah my mm-hmm. nana introduced me to that that one is chef's kiss <laughs> um maxwell house i grew up on folders myself mm, but um me too my, well my mother did yeah um and my mom she'll have krispy kreme but you know what what holy snap crackle pop okay <laughs> my mama just casually be having all kinds of different variations of K-Cups in her little thing. I stick to, like, my three brands. Right. I have a slot for each brand. Right. That's how we roll. No, mom's like a whole <laughs> charcuterie board of... A uh, smorgasbord. Yeah. And I pulled it, her little drawer open one time, and she had the Pioneer Woman Maple Nut Brownie. Ooh. And I was like... Ooh, that just sounds good. I was like, let me see what this is about. 
When I tell you that Pioneer Woman ain't playing. What? I do like Pioneer Woman, everything. I I, I can't help it. Something in my XX chromosomes just <laughs> goes crazy at that floral print, even though I'm not the one usually to be doing that. Mm-hmm. I have a tea kettle from the Pioneer Woman. I really don't think it makes any sense. No logic is used in the <laughs> purchasing of anything she she creates. But it's just so cute. And All no, right. Uh, well, and she makes K-cups. She makes dog treats. What? Well, like, I know the dog treats, but I didn't know she made K-cups, so I'm going to have to look around for that. When I tell you, it was super sweet. So I had to, like, minus up, because I normally do cream and then, mm-hmm. like, two packets of sugar or whatever. Right. And I had to pull it back to one packet and a dollop of cream instead of a, a lot. Right. But, whoa. Right. It mm. was delicioso. Okay, so I'm going to have to look that up. Y'all might want to check into that, too, because I promise you, I did not know that Pioneer Woman made K-Cups. I'm just not in the Walmart enough. Like, I Oh, it's shop. in the Walmarts. I guess. You got to put an S on it. Well, it could be in the Kroger's, too. Oh, in the, in the Kroger's. <laughs> I don't, I'm not at the big stores a lot. Right, right. Because I'm... <laughs> I have cart road rage. That's another story. I'm like, <laughs> cart road rage. You know, it's fine. Everybody else just taking their sweet little time, and I'm like, I've been in here for two hours, <laughs> you know. And not just that though, but I really believe Walmart has a scam on this, where it's only like three registers, and so they're like, okay, well, if we make them wait long enough, they'll go, oh, I forgot this, oh, I forgot that. I I promise you, I think that's what's happening. Well, I go to Walmart because the library will have, like, we have an account with Walmart to buy stuff for programming materials, sometimes. right? And Man, you go there in the middle of the day, and uh, you get a line out the wazoo for mm-hmm. them two cash registers where somebody's on it. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. I can see the model and why they think it's a good idea, but I think they need to know their market areas better. Like, right. Columbus is not the town to do automated services. Mm, and I think so, too. I, it's a slower pace. People want to talk to people. People want to have that interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the big corporate didn't like do enough research into that because I went to my hometown and my hometown has exploded since I left for high from high school mm-hmm. it has like grown up the real estate there is ridiculous like jumped a hundred thousand dollars in the last wow. year alone like the mm-hmm. rates because people are moving there so much and I was there this past weekend for my niece's birthday I walked into that Walmart first of all I couldn't even get out the parking lot before I was like what is happening they had a full-on electric car chargers that look like gas station pumps just sitting out in the parking lot i was like wait a what <laughs> this is the same walmart i chilled at when i was in high school because we had nothing else to do what is happening <laughs> and so i go in the walmart and the entire walmart is all automated really? like not the but like the cash register systems mm-hmm. um you know that little self-checkout area yeah. they have Right. Uh, not the not the ones with the long belts, but the, right. the little short ones. Short ones. I mean, half the checkout counters were that. Wow! And I was like, my jaw was on the floor. But you know, it was a system that really worked there. Mm-hmm. They had it fine tuned. There wasn't a line. It was like bop, 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 go, go, go. Yeah. You had a couple workers maintaining it, but I think it worked there because. It's out, my hometown's outside of a big city. There's not right. people looking for those kind of connections. Like Columbus wants to mm. talk to somebody. They do. They want to have that really person do. check them out. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something to be said about that. But like, yeah. In this essay on Walmart, I will. You know, I feel like you know, but like it's just it's something different. You know. I guess Walmart is kind of like my dirt cheap, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I. 
tend to have to be in the mood to go. Mm -hmm. But what I do to kind of drown out a lot is I put headphones on mm -hmm. and um and just so my mom, if she's listening, knows that I don't have it up so loud that I can't hear what's going on around me. Yeah. Um, well, I come you know, up to you all the time happened. with your headphones on. I'm like, hey, oh, my bad. Yeah. So you're like, no, what's up? No, I, I can I can hear it enough so that if something pops off, I can I can get to moving. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but it's just Walmart just needs to really recognize that, or at least our Walmart, you know, definitely needs to recognize how important it is to. Get us in and out, and these little three checkout lines are, are just not—they're not helping. Yeah, especially during the. It seemed like it only happens during the busy time, the busiest times at like twelve o'clock or, or even, well, five. Like when folks are just now getting off work is usually when the lines are long and flowing into the clothing area. Right, and I think they're also ostracizing a large population group who's not comfortable with that kind of technology. Mm, yeah. Like you're you're assuming everybody yeah. can just go through this process. Exactly. And you're assuming that your customers are comfortable with it, that and if not, you're gonna pull an apple and make them be comfortable. Yeah. And Walmart is not Apple, okay? Yeah. It's just not. It never has been and never was supposed to be. Yeah. So that expectation to just catch up with the times, you're really leaving a lot of people behind like yeah. that. And you're not considering your full consumer groups right i don't know y'all been following us for this long we how yeah. long has it been well let's get to some something about books yes all right what do you got well we're still doing just our summer reads or some stuff yeah. uh, at least that's the mode i'm on yeah i feel like i simultaneously read a lot not at all um so actually i felt like i did really good this summer in reading mm -hmm. um like uh reading some things that i really really wanted to read um, but also, too, um, catching up on the list that I have on, on uh, Goodreads that says what I want to read. Mm -hmm. I've been flipping back through it and going, okay, okay, I want to go back and read that. Yeah, that's right. I want to go read that. Like, for instance, The Midnight Library by Matt Haig is getting so much play. Mm -hmm. um, I follow bookriot.com on the internet, and I get emails from them. And it's like... All the things that I keep seeing is that the patrons are still talking about the Midnight Library. So it is one that I think I'm going to read after I finish the one I'm reading now, which is um, His Hideous Heart. Um, as soon as I get done with that, I think that's the next one I'm going to start on. Because it's been getting just so much buzz. I'm, I'm excited to, to get into that one. What about you? I'm fascinated that somebody uses their Goodreads to like actually look at their To Be Read list and like utilize it <laughs> i just i ha, an alien takes over my body and i'm like i want to read that i want to read that i want to read that and then i never go back and look at that list i'm just like oh i marked that as to be read one time okay i'm reading it now you know like i'm just yeah i think what ends up happening with me is that i choose these books when i see them but then i was like my to be read list was getting so long i haven't even gone through the to be read list of actual physical books in my little you know sitting area with books all around like there are series books in there that I have physically touched read either the first page or the ending of something and I was like oh I want to read this I want to read this and I haven't gotten to it yet so mm -hmm. I was like I can't do both so my goodreads list is shorter <laughs> than the, the to be read list of books that are actually stacked up in a to be read list order <laughs> that I have not touched yet <laughs> So, yeah, uh, one of them had to get less, 
Your face is hilarious. I just like my Goodreads list is a thousand plus Woo! books like to be read. Oh wow! Or want to read. <laughs> like it's it's I've I've never had a short want to read list. And then my home. Nobody does though. Right, right now with mine, I was telling my husband actually last night. I said um. You know, I really want to get these bookshelves. I really want to bring some of my prettier books, you know, out for display that um uh, that I don't read all the time. And and he was like, "Man, that's just gonna be too many books." I was like, "No," I was like, "Really and true, honestly, I don't have as many books as you think." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Because when I was looking through, and then too, even recently, I donated some books to the library." Oh. Like some of my older African American books that I had read back in the nineties and. Uh, early 2000s, I realized that it was probably books that I was not necessarily going to come back to read again or that weren't my, didn't have such an impact on me that made me want to keep it. Mm -hmm. And so I donated it to the library and I was like really proud of myself. It was like at least eight books. Mm -hmm. So I say, hey, I'm doing really well there. (laughs) She have eight books. Eight books. Eight nice, pretty little books. (laughs) But, you know, I'm excited to, to just get into some of the books that I really like was like I've got to read this and then looking at those more so than looking at the ones that I'm like oh this looks good or you know cover art which I'm going to speak about today as my non-book rec but anywho Mm. before I get to there I just you know I just I want to read everything but then I know I can't read everything and then so I just I'm just very selective with the ones that I say okay these are for sure for sure ones that I want to read Mm -hmm. like I said that midnight library is one that I am yeah fiending for well, speaking of books that, like, we have on our shelves, I read this book over the summer because you had purchased it, something new in my section, cool. and I was halfway through it and immediately pulled it up on Amazon and purchased it for my own shelf before I even finished the book because cool. it it is literally my favorite book probably of the 2020 publishing year. It is so... It changed my entire outlook, really. Um, mm-hmm. So this is called Real by Carol Kujek and Peyton Goddard. And so it's a story about Charity. Charity is really smart. She loves pizza. She is about to be, I think, 14. And she's she's just really into uh, animal facts. And she likes to mm-hmm. cite animal facts when she's nervous or when she's upset. Mm-hmm. So, like... She has this book that she has memorized because Mm -hmm. she has a really good memory. She can remember a lot of details. Um, So, like, somebody's asking her to sound something out. But in her head, she's like, page 198. Highly intelligent, the octopus can navigate through mazes, open jars, and use coconut shells to create shelters. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Um, And so, that's how she kind of copes because Charity is nonverbal. She is just a 14-year-old with autism. Mm. And... She is, she's never spoken a word in her life and that kind of, she feels like a prisoner in her own body. And you're seeing the story from Charity's viewpoint and her mom is kind of like so, trying so hard to get, to understand what she needs and what Mm -hmm. she wants. And her dad is like, where her mom is the concerned kind of hoverer, her dad's like, um, her dad calls her Charity Cherry and like, Aww. hey, Cherry girl, let's go get some ice cream. And her grandparents run an ice cream shop Ooh. and she likes to test the new flavors. And if she likes them, they call that the special of the day. 
And if she doesn't, they're like, okay, next. Um, <laughs> she chooses the special of the day. They I, gotta. I have to stop you there. I'm jealous. The grandparents have an ice cream shop. Right? Like, Ooh, that's the biggest hookup ever. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so at the beginning of the story, there's a scene I can distinctly remember. She's Her mom's trying to put her in some clothes that she can't stand. They're like frilly pink clothing and the, the, the clothing scratches her and she can't stand that and mm-hmm. it's like gross and she's like if I ever if I'm ever able to talk I am going to tell you to cut this out first because I hate this clothing <laughs> so much like her mom dresses her in pink and bows and all this oh. stuff and so her she's getting dropped off at her day school and mm-hmm. so it's the school for children with special accommodations uh it's not a good school at all they they kind of parade like they are but she has an episode where she can't control her body mm-hmm. and her nurse tells her to come inside and she can't mm. like her her body physically won't let her like she's like I want to but right. I can't but to the nurse it just looks like she's being disobedient right. so the nurse leaves her outside in the sun in the summer oh. um and all she can think to herself is thank god mom put sunscreen on me because I would be yeah. So sunburnt right now because yeah. she sits out there for hours. <gasps> oh. Before she can get up and walk away. And then, you know, she has another outburst at school and she gets thrown in a closet. So it's a really abusive situation. It's um, run mm-hmm. by people who really don't understand the need for special accommodations. So mm-hmm. um, that's where Charity's life is at at the beginning of the book. And then she meets with a special or a a therapist she gets connected to a different school um it's a private school so there's some tensions on like she has to do well in order to stay there it's a private school so they're going to follow their benefactor's wishes they're not going to follow oh we're going to keep you here just because we're being nice if our larger donors don't want you here you're out kind Mm. of thing or that's the the feeling and basically what she's told um and her mom really does some advocacy for her she's got a really good support system in her Mm -hmm. life and you know her dad picks her up from her day school and he's like ah mom got you in those clothes I'll get you a change she's like thank god for dad I don't know what I'd do without him um he's like I'll change your clothes hold on let's let's get away from mom first (laughs) and you know he takes walks with her and he you know, she she describes how, like, emotions build up in her body. She just has to run. She has to run. And how many times do you feel like that, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. But her body just does it without her permission. And so, like, she'll just be walking with her dad. She gets so excited. She starts running, and he has to, like, keep up with her and stuff like that. So, and she does get a lot of discrimination from even her own family members. Like, Aww. there's a scene where she's attending her aunt's wedding, and mm-hmm. she... Her body, it doesn't match with what her mind wants to do. She wants to sit in the pew. She wants to be quiet. And right. her body, like, she can't. She's she's starting right. to rock. She's like, oh, gosh, no, 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 don't do this, don't do this. And Aww. she has an um, episode at the wedding, and it really upsets her aunt. And her aunt's like, her aunt talks to about her in front of her like she's not there. Mm. And so this school introduces her to a couple different therapists and eventually she actually gets introduced to a text to speech tool 
Cool. Yeah. And the therapist really worked with her with moving her fingers on her own volition. Mm-hmm. And they, ta- they take the time and the patience. You know, a lot of her therapy in previous situations and a lot of it in the past has been like, Point out the point out the O for octopus, right. and she can't do it because that's not how her body works. You right. can't just tell her to point something out, and she's going to immediately be able to do it. Right. So people always think she's unintelligent. She's a vegetable of a human. She can't do anything. It's not that she can't. It's that she knows what you're asking her. Right. And you know she's in this day school, but she can do advanced algebra in her head. Okay. Right. And so she gets to this new school, and she finally has somebody who's willing to help her out to. Um, work with her as she gets frustrated with her own body and this therapist sits beside her and just like point this out for me and I know you can do it we're going to sit here and as long it's going to take as long as it can take and I'm going to be right here with you and that finally builds up her confidence she actually starts um, building up some motor skills and muscle memory and she's able to have a therapist help her with her text-to-speech tool to where she's functioning in her classes and it actually helps her you know when she finally does is able to use the tool she immediately tells her mom stop buying me pink clothes (laughs) (laughs) so uh, it's just a phenomenal story and you know it's a story like any other but then you come to find out at the very end when you're reading the back of it that it is fictionally inspired by Peyton Goddard's experience because you know In her bio, it says that she had an unpredictable body and an inability to speak that led people to assume she was mentally challenged for 22 years. Wow. So she gained a dependable mode of communication, and she graduated from college as a valedictorian. Wow. It really is her. It's it's a fictional story Mm -hmm. about a fictional character, but it's really informed and inspired by her own experiences and... It really made me rethink what I say and what I do. It yeah. just, it made me do a lot of self-reflection. So, okay. yeah, that was Real by Carol Kujek and Peyton Goddard, and I definitely bought it. It even has the Junior Library Guild gold standard on the front okay. because they were like, we know what's up. So Exactly. Yeah, that was my summer read, and it was, it was the most powerful book I've read in a while. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're you're going to think that, or maybe not you, I think our listeners may think that we actually speak about things sometimes before we get ready to mm-hmm. do the, the podcast topic of the day, so to speak. We wing it. Right. We wing it. And it's really odd that your book is very similar to the book that I want to talk about. Okay. So in one of my master's classes a while ago, um, we had to read several YA books for, I think it was, it may have been a a children's literature class, Mm -hmm. I think was something involved in there. And so of course we had to read some children's literature. And one of the books that I read was called Out of My Mind by Sharon M. Draper. And it is an amazing book. Uh, It came out in 2010 and it is recommended for ages 10 and up or grades five through eight. And it's told in the first person of Melody Brooks. And she is a girl with cerebral palsy. Mm -hmm. Her parents do everything they can to help her live a normal life. But of course, Melody can't speak. She can't move. She can't communicate. And it's just, you know, the doctors have said that there's nothing they can do to help her. Mm -hmm. They say, you know what, your child is just not going to be able to do anything, so you should just put her in a home and basically leave her there. But, of course, Melody's mom is like, no, 
I'm going to treat her like a regular child. We're going to put her in a regular school and there I'm going to advocate for her to get what she needs. Melody ends up getting a, um, kind of like a, a, a neighbor slash, um, babysitter every now and again mm -hmm. her name is miss v and she's tough you know she pushes melody to do the best she can and so when melody was around three miss v was just not impressed that melody just had to rely on her parents for everything and she came up in her head and was like look i'm i'm getting ready to see what you can do show me what you can do and so one of those things was uh she helped uh, Melody to learn how to crawl and roll on the ground and she just worked with her every single time she just happened to be with them until finally Melody was able to catch herself whenever she would fall out of her wheelchair and so with that teaching from Miss V Melody becomes self-sufficient self and you know she pretty much can do what she needs to do. Mm -hmm. When she gets to school and gets a new kind of counselor, so to speak, mm -hmm. counselor also helps her get to text to speech. Mm -hmm. And she is just the smartest cookie. She's almost like the classroom leader president, so to speak. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and it's so cute because she grows up and she really learns uh, exactly what it means to come out of her mind. And the, the picture on the front of the book is so cool. It's a goldfish that is flopping out of a bowl, which represents her coming out of her mind and being able to vocalize what she hadn't been all this time. So I said all of this about out of my mind to say that Sharon M. Draper has, been, has decided to do a sequel. And I'm so excited because I read that she has been, people have been saying, please write a sequel, please write a sequel. And she kept saying, it's not the right time, it's not the right time. And I just saw through bookwriter.com that she said, now is the time. And so this one's called Out of My Heart. And it's coming out November 9th. 2021. So y'all get ready for this if you feel like it's a, uh, something you want to um, definitely read. And I'm just going to read the synopsis real quick. It's real short. It says, Melody, the huge hearted heroine of my of Out of My Mind is a year older and a year braver. And now with her Medi talker, she feels nothing's out of her reach, not even summer camp. There have to be camps for differently abled kids like her, and she's going to sleuth one out. A place where she can trek through a forest, fly on a zip line, and even ride on a horse. A place where maybe she really can finally make a real friend, make her own decisions, and even do things on her own. Oh, the dream. By the light of flickering campfires and the power of thunderstorms, through the terror of unexpected creatures in cabins, and the first sparkle of a crush, Melody's about to discover how brave and strong she really is. And I am so thrilled. I cannot wait for this to come out. Like, I am just bubbling with so much excitement like november 9th cannot get here fast enough so that i can devour this book and i just love the idea of her saying she's gonna sleuth this summer camp out and she's gonna find be able to do all this stuff and, I, and when i first read this i was like go girl go yes you find that girls find that camp i like you i like the way you're doing that and the fact that she's got her medi talker so she can you know do what she needs to do to talk to other people and ask them how they can, how she can find a mm -hmm. camp like this or maybe even talk enough to tell somebody y'all need to start a camp like this for kids like me um i'm just excited I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm i'm excited to see melody grow up and so she's gonna be 12 in this book and that 
So that's cool. My introduction to Sharon Draper was actually Stella by Starlight. Okay. But I got out of my mind signed by her. <gasps> oh, I'm so jelly. And now I'm gonna have to go read it so I can finish it and follow up. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was like, I loved I don't have the book here, ma'am, but I Me. loved Stella but she's like, Oh honey, that's I. Here you go. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Yeah. I'm just like, I am speechless. I didn't know that was coming out. Well, yeah, that was, again, Out of My Heart by Sharon Draper. And it's coming out November 9th. So, yeah. y'all go grab that. And we do have Out of My Mind. We do. Um, in our young adult section. We do. Mm-hmm. And then the second one will go in the young adult section as well. And it's a, like a light blue cover. And it is. that goldfish jumping. You're like, huh. Oh. What's this about? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, And in fact, that was one of the reasons why I picked it. I mean, we had a list of books to choose from. Mm-hmm. And so that one was intriguing to me. So I was just like, let me grab this and see what happens. And it was the best. Like, I devoured it. Yeah. So, yeah. So what? Um, we're, we're um, kind of only doing one book today. Mm-hmm. But uh, I wanted to tell you that uh, yesterday I finished reading one of the retellings in my hideous, uh, His Hideous Heart book that I'm reading for Spooky Season, The Pit and the Pendulum retelling, mm-hmm. was so cool. I loved it, and it was different than what I expected. Um, so these authors in that book are really, they're really pulling out all the stops to do some really good retellings of Edgar Allan Poe. I love Poe. Mm. I don't know if that makes me weird or not, but I love Poe. Everybody loves Poe. I mean, so weird. So yeah. weird and just so, yeah, so cool. Yeah. I like him. So, but yeah, I just wanted to let you know that 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 pit and pendulum was really good yesterday when I read it. So. Well, I will say Tokyo Ever After. I've already giggled out loud, and I'm not <laughs> even anywhere near the middle of the book. Really? And she just found out, like, just found out that her father is the crown prince of Japan, <gasps> and she's like, um, excuse me. <laughs> What is going on? Um, wow. Because she never had a reason to question her mom before. Her mom mm-hmm. was just like, we met at Harvard. We had a one-night rendezvous. Mm-hmm. And that was that. And she's never, like, thought to ask any more questions mm-hmm. until she finds this letter written to her mom by him. Mm. Her best friend finds it, actually, because her best friend is, like, the perfect best friend of a book I've read in a while. I love it. <laughs> it's a good book so far, too. Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm digging it. It's funny. Good, good. I'm glad you like it. Well, for my non-book read today, it's actually an article, and I it it came in something that I was doing, and it's it's by Book Riot. Um, BookRiot.com is a really good place to find new books. Just the way that they come up with all these different ideas about any and everything books is just really cool. And so I love following them. And this article came up in my email. It's called Why Don't Judge a Book by Its Cover is Bad Advice. And I know that I found myself in many times saying, you know, I know we're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but this particular cover, you know, mm-hmm. really stood out. And so I read this article and I really, really loved it. Because the way that they explain that you shouldn't say that to people, especially nowadays, I mean, it's the first kind of like connection that a person has with, I mean, that's what we see when we walk into a bookstore is the cover art. Mm -hmm. So why would we tell people, you know, don't judge a book by its cover, you know, before picking it up. And so the things that they say or suggest to do 
is that let the idea of a cover art speak to readers. You know, instead of saying, don't judge a book by its cover, let uh, tell readers to see what the book speaks to you before you even open up the book and read actual words and pages, mm -hmm. you know, or the blurb that's at the front. Or if you're really cool and, you know, really like uh, the, the author's uh, life kind of thing that's usually at the back of the book. Mm -hmm. They say to really just, ex you know, express to readers to embrace the conversation that you are going to have just by the look of the cover of the book. One of the other things that they said is that book covers provide a certain amount of information about the book itself. And it says it's, you know, obviously used to indicate the genre. Mm -hmm. So that's important. And, you know, and this was interesting. It says many genres abide by their own set of cover designs. And I kind of noticed that. I don't mm -hmm. know if you have. Like, oh, yeah. Of course, you know, romance, you, more than likely it's going to be two people on the cover. A male and a female. You know who's <laughs> rocking it right now, though? <laughs> Sci-fi and fantasy. Yes. What? Like, okay, romance has this, like, interesting graphic art comic theme going on right now. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, you know, like you said, it's a man and woman. But sci-fi and fantasy, like, mm -hmm. they're, they're taking it to another level. They're making me want to pick up more sci-fi and fantasy, which is not one of the genres that I read mm -hmm. the most of because of their cover art like it yeah. is it's like falling into a fantasy world like Alice in Wonderland like as you're falling down in this trap <laughs> yeah it's, you're seeing all the cover art around you and you're like oh I want to read that one or right? you know it's it's so good. And so we just, we have to stop saying don't judge a book by its cover because that cover means a lot. If we really meant that and our our entire world really subscribed to that, there wouldn't be cover art. Publishers know yeah. that that is a very important part of the book. Yeah. More so even than the content sometimes because that's what gets people to pick it up. Right. So like if people really, really tried to subscribe to that, we would just all be reading hardbound covers with nothing on them right and I have to say too that they make a good point in that you know it's not the author's fault as to what cover art is chosen you know I don't think we all we realize you know that the author may write the book but there are so many other people's hands in it oh yeah that are out of their control they just wrote the story so you know that's not fair to the author to for people to judge a book by its cover because they have no control over that and 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 you could be missing out on some really good books that would have you know really meant a lot to you so you know I will I guess I really want to talk to our listeners just for you know say it to our listeners for a second you know, think about what happens when you walk across or come into our library and say you see a display of books. You know, like, for instance, Lainey has a really bomb true crime display downstairs that I just I love because it makes you want to look at it. But even when you look at the covers of those books, it's just like. That sounds so good. Because, I mean, well, for me now, it's spooky season, so I've been listening to... I told you I was listening to Crime Junkie. Oh. And I have become a junkie. Yeah, I love it. I, I, love I, I, love, I love riding in my car and being like, ooh. Yeah. They did that? Uh -huh. What? How'd you... You know, that yeah. kind of thing. So, you know... I just really want our listeners to, to let's stop saying don't judge a book by its cover and let's really start those conversations as we come across books with amazing covers because they deserve to be looked at. We don't want to miss out on any good reads just because 
the cover art looked bad or it was plain, you know? Yeah. So well, speaking, that was my mom book read. Speaking of not judging a book by its cover. <laughs> Is this about to be spooky again? No. Oh, okay. So I have some recommendations that are non-book as well. Okay, great. And so I have recommendations based on two different platforms based on I know everybody has, most everybody has a Netflix subscription or something For or sure. know somebody. But so my first recommendations are going to be Hulu uh, TV shows. Mm. And I have, I'm trying very hard to cover up my conspiracy theory fangirl right now. But okay. when I tell you, I'm low key obsessed with Britney Spears. <laughs> Okay. Not Brittany. You're toxic. I'm slipping under. Yeah. Let's just say Tori has logged many an hour on the YouTube conspiracy channels trying to figure out what happened to her. And um, Oh wow. I, I I really I really appreciate the support that's come around her mm-hmm. in the past year. Mm-hmm. And so the new ones that have come out in the past year. A lot of people who know me very well, who see that side of me, because, mm-hmm. like, you didn't even know what I'm feeling. <laughs> I, I keep it very close. It's like my, you know how people are, like, preppers and you would never know uh-huh. that's yeah. me. But we're oh, okay. Um, uh, so, when the new stuff came out, my sister was like, have you watched it yet? I'm like, have you watched it? I was like, no, because I kind of got a little selfishly mad for a minute. I was like, I've been saying this for years and now people, <laughs> now it's mainstream. Like it's, right. now it's mainstream to support her. Where were you right. in 2007? Right. Like, she shaved her head off and was like, I right. don't want anybody touching me anymore. Yeah. I don't want anybody touching my hair. Yeah. And I'm like, that speaks volumes yeah. to what she was going through. Mm-hmm. And so I will present my first, like, I could go forever, but I'm trying real hard to, like, stim it down. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So Hulu's new, the, the series is called The New York Times Presents. Mm-hmm. And specifically season one, episode six, and season one, episode nine, they're called Framing Britney Spears and Controlling Britney Spears. Wow. So those are the two episodes that really kind of delve into what's going on with her right now and her conservatorship hearings and stuff like that. They're pretty much as up to date as you can get on that topic if you want a quick rundown. like Okay. Yeah, because I'd love to. I mean, I love Britney. As um, of like July 2021, that's how updated they are. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then also... On Netflix, there's Britney versus Spears, which right. uh, mm-hmm. she even came out and said, you know, that's not my best depiction of myself. I don't. But so I will say for Netflix, Britney versus Spears, it's a documentary filmmaker and a journalist who actually worked with Britney in the past. Mm-hmm. And some of the stories that are coming out from these people who are brave enough to talk about it and get past the intimidation and mm-hmm. the gaslighting and controlling that's around her. Like if you look at a. Okay. The picture that's coming up in my mind right now is Britney Spears on the red carpet at the Smurfs movie with her two kids. She's wearing that neon blue and black dress. Go Google it. You can Google it right now. I have to Um, because I didn't remember that. She's with her children and she's smiling. She's Mm -hmm. there. But the Britney Spears smile, you can tell over the years how it is all in her eyes, how like 
trapped and dead inside she was. And I'm not saying any of this to like, like, oh, she's such a victim. She's never wanted anybody's pity. She's never wanted anybody to think of lesser of her. Like she's a strong, powerful woman. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, there are people very close to her, her father, who have used the things dearest to her heart to control her. Yeah. Do you see? I I'm see smiling, but... I see it. She's dead in her eyes. OMG. Yeah. And that's just sitting there. And nobody's really said anything about it until some people were brave enough to speak out. Like, okay, so she has a personal assistant named Jody, uh -huh. or she did a while ago. And Jody is actually, she speaks in both of these recommendations I'm giving. And she was with Brittany in the very beginning. She was with Brittany in New York when her parents couldn't be to help her begin her label. And now the, pe the people who were controlling her, the company that mm -hmm. was controlling her conservatorship, pushed that woman out and um, really kind of gaslit her into thinking that Brittany didn't want her around. And then she finally kind of figured out, oh, no, this is people removing Brittany's closest support system from her so they control her. Right. So basically... It boils down to Brittany has two sons. Um, they're literally a year apart. Mm -hmm. but Like, they were born pretty much, I think, a day or two apart within a year from each other. Mm -hmm. Preston and Jaden. And the entire crux, I feel like, of, you know, and I'm just one person. But from what I've seen, what I've... Basically, it boils down to Brittany's children being used as upon against her like Aww. if you don't do this leg of this tour you mm. don't get to see your kids Ugh. and one of the stories that was talked about in these documentaries was her wardrobe assistant was eventually ousted too but her wardrobe assistant was on tour with her or at las vegas residency one of the two and she so a lot of what they'll do in big name tours is they'll carry around these stage cases that a full-grown person can fit inside and you just think it's a speaker or something mm -hmm. no the performer's in the case and they're being put up to the stage sometimes like mm -hmm. that's how they get them to the stage and she was in one of those cases and she was like it smells like marijuana in here and I'm not going to pass a drug test and they're not going to let me see my kids yeah. and she freaked out and she ran wow like okay. right before a big show mm -hmm. because that is she always wants to see. and also they wouldn't let her have a phone they wouldn't let her have a phone hooked up to internet. They monitored her bedroom. What? They had audio recordings of her in her bedroom with her boyfriends at the time. Like, every move she made was watched. Wow. Yeah. Because um, this is my first time hearing about that. And I, I, I'm going to definitely go and watch those. Because, I mean, I, I love Britney's music. I grew up on her music. And I'm just like, that's, like, so abusive. Oh, yeah. So well, so... There's nobody that can help her, like... It's not that nobody can help her. It's just the people who are coming out and sharing their stories have also been, like, intimidated. They've right. been... One of the biggest people that spoke out was the person who did the... One of the Britney Spears documentaries in 2008 when she was coming back for the circus tour. Uh, he actually got to be friends with her as he was making the documentary. And her conservatorship allowed the documentary to be made because they wanted it to be seen as a good thing, as in a good light. She even says in the documentary, you can find it on YouTube, that she's really sad. And she says things to them about how sad she is, how mad she is. Mm -hmm. And they just don't hear her. And I think also, I've, I've talked a lot about this with like my family and friends, but so I do think Britney Spears, she's 
literally been in the limelight since she was three years old. Mm-hmm. And I think there is some kind of mental alterations that happen to you when you have been th- that way for so long. Mm-hmm. Her father actually tried to start a gym at one point. He's been financially um, in financially precarious situations. He's declared bankruptcy before, mm-hmm. things like that. Britney Spears is literally her family's cash cow, okay? Mm-hmm. And I mean, so, you can tell with the fact that her dad is a con- con- convert. What did you say? What is it, girl? <laughs> her dad was her conservator. Conservator. Yeah. And like, who... D- so this, and, that was my first time I remember hearing about it that uh when it first started coming out that she wasn't in control of her of her finances and everything that it was like her dad I was like wait a minute ain't this girl like in her 20s like who keeping yeah and so California law a conservatorship is really only supposed to be put in place for somebody who literally has no mental capacities to control their own finances and their own well-being and they used the argument for everything that happened in 20, 2007 of her not being mentally capable, but then you're going to turn around and put her on a stage in 2008 for circus and say she's still not mentally capable. This happened for 13 years, um, and she put out, like, a bunch of albums, and I I have a theory. Mm-hmm. So 2013, Britney Spears puts out Britney Jean. Mm-hmm. It is probably one of the most authentic albums she's ever produced, Highly encourage you to go listen to it. Okay. It showcases her actual singing voice, not the, uh-huh. like, not the, not, not the Britney Spears poppy voice. Yeah. It was also the lowest selling album she's ever made. And I think possibly because they, that album didn't fit what the conservatorship wanted. Um, it didn't fit in what they cared about and they, it didn't fit the image they were trying to put forth. So they didn't her. market it. They did not. And so I'm really thinking well, she was also in the Las Vegas residency, so it's not like she could, like, go elsewhere and do a tour. But also, they could market it way differently than they did. Yeah. And so, like, I really encourage our listeners, if you want to hear a Britney Spears who can – you never thought Britney Spears could sing, mm-hmm. she can. Go look up some videos of her on talent shows at nine years old. She's yes. singing, like, mm-hmm. a very rusty jazz voice. Mm-hmm. She originally wanted to be a jazz singer. Wow. Um, but in the era of boy bands, that wasn't going to fly. Right. So they bubble gummed her up and yeah. stuff. And she, she was like, okay, this is what I'll do. And she did it really well. And then she got black for it. Yeah. I could go on, obviously. I know. <laughs> but so th- these, so again, it's the New York Times presents. And then season one, episode six is framing Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. Season one, episode nine is controlling Britney Spears. The one on Netflix is Britney versus Spears. Mm-hmm. But I would encourage people if you have hulu you know somebody who has hulu that that series actually covers a lot of different things they've gotten a lot of popularity over the britney spears episodes but season one looks at um doctors and nurses at the first responses of covid actually coming out um and then season one episode three covers the killing of brianna taylor um and i think i'm gonna actually go watch that tonight too i know what i'm binge watching this weekend (sighs) britney i love you i'm just there's a whole podcast about, in one of the documentaries, they talked to podcast hosts who started this podcast about um, literally decoding her entire Instagram posts mm-hmm. because they were like, something's not right with this. Yeah. And essentially, I mean, it wasn't. this. One of the people who came out and talked was a person who was for, a part of her former security team. And that's how we know that she was monitored daily, illegally, in so many ways. And it's even 
confirmed with the other documentary because the Britney versus Spears documentary on Netflix, uh, the journalist who was part of that effort talked about how back in 2008 or 2007 when the conservatorship just got put in place, mm-hmm. Britney Spears was trying to find a different lawyer then. She's mm-hmm. had a court-appointed lawyer this entire time. And, how? Okay, mm-hmm. girl. And so the big win that just happened before, you know, now, right. as of um, October, we know that Jamie Spears has stepped down as the conservator, and that's right. a huge win. But also the win before that was she had the right to choose her own lawyer, which led to this happening. Okay. So she'd been trying to choose a new lawyer since 2007, since it started. Ooh. 13 years later. Ooh. Yeah. And the only reason we know this is because the journalist who's part of the documentary said that she met Brittany at a hotel through somebody else telling her, go see Brittany, go get these forms. Because Brittany was trying to get a form signed to say that she wanted a new lawyer. The journalist had to meet her in the bathroom stall of a bathroom in the hotel. They slid the papers to her in the bathroom. Mm. She signs them really quick and is like runs out of the bathroom. And then that gets contested in court saying like it could have been a plagiarized signature because it looked <gasps> rushed. So I'm going to just say um, this is medieval. It's it is. Literal imprisonment of a woman by her father and mm-hmm. people who are sought to gain profit from her it's wild um and you know we don't talk about it because Britney Spears is worth millions who cares fun fact she earned eight thousand dollars a month for the past 13 I'm not playing she her her concerts 50 something million dollars right she saw eight thousand dollars a month I'm, the highway robbery <laughs> so on that beautiful note um and nicole is just whoo when i say steam is coming out of my head Brittany girl ooh, mm-hmm. i'm with you baby yeah so Mm-mm-mm. and you know people and you you really start to ask how has this gone on this long and nobody's done anything that's terrible it's literally she's people have it's a couple people it's her dad and it's two other women keeping her Away from everybody, and I'm surprised that she's still alive at this. I mean, I'm, I mean, that's a lot knowing that you have no control. I mean, she's like the girls that we've talked about. She's in prison in her own sense of self. And what girl? Don't get me started. Yeah, Mm. and so I think the only one of the few things that have kept her going. If you look back at some Instagram posts, they're very spiritual. Mm -hmm. They're very like trying to figure out the meaning of life. Yeah, but also, you know. She wants to see her kids. Right, exactly. So, well, well, I'm sorry it's not ending on a cheerier note, but also I'm not because, like, people need to know about this yeah. and care about it and, like, think about if you, this can happen to somebody with so much power. Right. Think about the people we don't think about. Yeah. Who we never know about because of they're not, they're not a multi-million dollar pop star. Yeah. You know, so. Well, y'all. Thank y'all for listening this long. We have gone on little bitty tangents like talking about Walmart and coffee at the first thing. So if you've been rocking with us this long, we truly appreciate you all. We're glad to be back in the saddle and talking about all things books. But you know what? The world is also going on outside. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we just need to talk about that, too. Oh, yeah. Awareness is is, uh, the first step. How about that? Yes. Well, if y'all liked it, keep listening to us. Uh, Give us some 
insight as to what you feel we're doing good at, what we may not be doing the best at. And uh, yeah, give us a rating. Give us yeah. a review if you have the time. Like and, us, subscribe. Yeah. Um, we can be found on loungelibrary.com forward slash listen. If you um, don't have a podcast app, I don't know how you're listening to this. So if anyways, but if you know somebody <laughs> who doesn't have a podcast app and they're hesitant to download anything like that, they can find us just on the regular old interwebs. Right. At library or loungelibrary.com forward slash listen. So we'll see you guys next week. Bye. See ya.